Welcome to Essential Dynamics with Derek Hudson, a podcast in pursuit of clear thinking. I'm Reed McCollum, whose thoughts may need clarity, and thus I'm talking with Derek Hudson, a deep thinker who helps business CEOs work through their business and trickiest opportunities. Derek, good morning. Morning, Reed. Great to be with you. I can point out that we're, as, as, as in previous podcasts, we're in the studio, but uh, with the current conditions being what they are, uh, Derek and I are working through Zoom, and uh, we hope that that's clear for our podcast throughout. Uh, Derek, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. It's too bad that we're not in the same room, but it's a beautiful, sunny day here in Edmonton, and podcasting is a great thing to do today. Yeah, I think it's a good way to manage our time. Derek, in our where we last left off, we were just going through the basic uh, broad outlines of uh, essential dynamics. And you mentioned uh, about the quest. And I'm very intrigued by the quest. I wonder if today we could talk about finding the quest in everyday life. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really interesting. And as I've said before, this journey of essential dynamics has been one of discovery for me. And I set set out to understand how I think about business Uh and and to put together a business model, the way I think about a business model for an organization, what it tries to do, because I find that a lot of times we get confused on that as as time goes on and you kind of forget what you're trying to accomplish. And in my work in putting essential dynamics together, I, I did come up with this idea of a quest. And then as I processed that, I realized that there are a lot of things in our life that could be put into that framework. And once you think about a quest and the elements of people, path, and purpose, there's a lot you can do with um, challenges in your own life or, or how to accomplish things in your own life that you want to by setting up this quest mentality. And of course, quests are, are cool and fun and epic. And so what a great way to live live like your life as an epic. Just just to clarify, you're saying that the quest applies more broadly than just business. More broadly than just business. That's that's exactly right. And and so, you know, you could start and say, well, not just business, but also organizations, non-business organizations. Of any kind. But then, you know, I really think it comes down to relationships, families, and even our own individual um, activities and things that we do. Okay. How so? How do we find the quest? How do we use this quest to finding meaning in our lives? Okay, so a couple of examples. And and one, um, I don't know if you've, uh, my wife likes watching food shows. I like eating food. Does that count? And she likes baking especially. And I try to avoid baking for my, my heart and my health, but I love it. Uh, so anyway, sometimes you need the, the savory to go with the sweet. So I found this uh, series on Netflix about street food and particularly Asian Asian street food. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's there's two episodes. time in Korea. That's, uh, that's yeah, a so that was, specific interest to you. That was the first one that I watched was on Seoul street food. And then um, I, not, I watched another one on Osaka street food. And the, with the one in Seoul, there was a woman whose husband – got into some serious business debt and it was challenging the family's 
you know, economic survival. And I'm not saying that she went through essential dynamics, but she determined that the way she could help her family was to dust off her mom's old recipe and take it to the market. Oh my. And, uh, start, start selling. I think she was the mung bean pancakes, pinde duck in Korean. Um, Anyway, she dusted off the old red. No, no, it was new. It was noodles. That was it. It was kalguksu, um, knife cut noodles. Anyway, she dusts off the family recipe. She has to fight the the culture of the market where new people aren't welcome. Oh, and and her whole purpose was to provide for her family and to uh, to pay off these debts and get her family on firm footing. She worked insanely hard to do that. You can imagine the hours that they would put in. Um, at a in a sort of all day all night market, <clears throat> so that was a bit of a quest. A twenty four hour market, really? Wow. Well, it's not twenty four hours, but but they, uh, you I mean you have to do your your purchasing and your prep when you're not selling. So yes, yes. It's, anyway, the the food looks awesome. I want to go back to the market there. That's not the point of the story. The point is that <laughs> that it was her purpose to provide for family that got her to do this really hard thing. So then there was another one in Osaka. The guy's name was uh, Mr. Toyo. And um, I actually made some notes here because I thought what he said was really interesting. He's, he, uh, he grew up in a, in a troubled family arrangement. And he said, just all I want to do is I just want to like grow up, have my own home, get married, have kids. But, I mean, he, he came from a tough background. He found out that he knew how to cook the extra parts of tuna like nobody else. Oh. And um, so it's super cool. He, he uses his bare hand and a blowtorch to cook tuna cheeks. Oh. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is what he said at the end of this episode. It's a spoiler alert. If, if, you, if you don't want to hear about this um, other than watching the episode, just close your turn your volume down for 30 seconds. But he said, he's talking about fish. You know, he says, I prefer to make my own current. He said, in the past, my wish was to buy my own house, get married and have kids. But when you create your own current, life can be unpredictable. Isako, Isakaya Toyo, his restaurant, Isakaya Toyo is my home. My staff are my children. My customers are my family. And that's how it is. And oh, that's nice. He's just, he's just this, like, very, very sweet man, very funny. And he's, I, you know, I think he's set himself on a quest. That, well, that's that what he meant when he said a current, isn't it? Yeah, and he, he said, you, you don't go with the flow. You create your own current. You go your own direction. And he has a hard life, too. And he said, um, you know, I, I really was there when my, my restaurant had a bathroom. Had a, had a bath? Had a bathroom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, now, like, I'm fully established now because it started out as a cart, right? Yeah. So we can do insanely hard things as people if we form it up in the context of a quest. And, and I have another story on that, if you don't mind. Oh, please, please. I'd like to really clarify what we mean by this quest. So this one um, was uh, a person I know I'm going to, Kind of mess up the facts a little bit. I don't know that anyone would be able to figure out who it was, but person that I know years ago, who at uh, at the time was suffering, I believe, with 
some mental health challenges, you know, depression, stuff like that. Um, and she had uh, a nursing job that was one where you could take shifts. So, okay. so rather than, you know, nine to five, 40 hours a week kind of thing, she took shifts. And because she wasn't feeling well, she didn't take a lot of shifts. Oh. And she didn't take a lot of shifts. And then that meant that she didn't have a lot of money. Right. And then the financial difficulty created more stress. And she felt worse. And then she didn't want to take a lot of shifts. Um, and someone that uh, she trusted was able to sit down with her and just kind of, who was also a nurse, uh, as I understand it, and just asked, what, uh, you know, what do you want to accomplish in your life? And through the course of this, this discussion, this, uh, this young nurse said, well, I really like working with horses. Horses? Horses. And, and she so, probably doesn't get an, get a lot of experience with horses when she's working as a nurse. That's right. And so, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a change in direction. And so her coach, as, a, as you know, she actually functionally was, her coach said, so, like, what would that look like? And she said, well, there's a, there's a course down at Old College, a two-year course, and then you can, you know, take care of horses. Wow. And she said, well, like, like become a farrier. I, yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Sure. I think that's yeah. the term. A horse comer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so, so anyway, she said, well, tell me about that. Like what, what, what would you have to do? And she said, well, I'd have to have the money for tuition. Oh. And how would you get that? And she said, well, I'd have to work more. And so this woman, um, got a job up North where you could work full time as a nurse. And uh, and off she went. Changed her life. Now I don't actually know if she ever made it to old college. Oh, but the point but was, is she working with people or horses now? I don't know. I don't know. The the point is that once she established a goal that really meant something to her, she was able to do the hard things that uh, she couldn't bring herself to do when she saw no point in it. I see. So she changed her quest by emphasizing what she really wanted by well, paying attention to it. Like she, I, like I don't think she thought, you know, you, she couldn't have described any, you know, purpose in her life before that. Yeah. And so if you say, I hate nursing and I'm a nurse, that's not, that's not a great place to be. If you say, I practice nursing so that I can make money so that I can take care of horses. Yeah. I see the difference. I see what you're saying. You know, your, uh, day, your daily work is no different, but, but the perspective of the quest changes everything. Yeah. I, I understand. Thank you. Uh, you're listening to a center dynamics with Derek Hudson. I'm Reed McCollum. Please check us out online at uh, DerekHudson.ca, And that's Derek D E R E K Hudson like Hudson. .ca. Uh, all right. Well, Derek, tell, tell us more about, about uh, how do we use the quest in our families? You mentioned that, tight, that uh, Japanese fellow who wanted to have a family, um, but he just concentrated on his current. I like that as a synonym for quest. Um, how do we use the quest in a positive way in our lives? Well, you know, 
fantastic question. So I don't even know if this one fits, but it's a, it's a story I want to tell because it, it was a turning point in our family. Um, and, and it was super, anyway, it's, this is just the Hudson family. You have to appreciate that. You know, my, you know, my kids and they're grown now, but when they were little, we had four little kids. And at one point, you know, they weren't, they weren't cooperating. No, no, they, they, uh, you know, they were kind of mean to each other sometimes and they were a little oh, bit. Come on. And Your children were perfect. Yeah. When you were up, um, harsh <laughs> words were shared from time to time. And, um, it, you know, it, it was frustrating for, uh, for cameras and I, and I mean, I don't think the kids enjoyed it either, but it just kind of was a bit of a pattern that developed. And as you know, we tried to have a, uh, home evening night once a week. And so we already had a little bit of structure where you could like have a lesson or an activity with a purpose. Sure. And so Tavis and I steamed this up. And so we, um, they cleared out the fur. It was probably in the winter and we, and we cleared out the furniture in the basement and, uh, and we played floor hockey, like, like road hockey in the basement. Oh, you're and, kidding. Did you really? And then, and then we talked about how we were all a team and it was called Team Hudson. That's, that's, that's cool. Now, did the kids respond to that? Well, you know, I'm getting just a, just a little bit emotional because I haven't thought of this in a while, but Team Hudson was then a thing, a word that we used, yeah. you know, for a long time after that. So that wasn't, you know, maybe in the sense of this epic quest where we have this really clear goal to, you know, to save the world. But there was a, a concept form there that was, we were a team and we're in this together. And did, you, uh, did you succeed in bringing this team together? Did they, uh, apparently it became a mantra. Well, for a little while, yeah. And, and I don't, they're saying to find out for my kids if they even remember that. But, you know, in my mind, there was there was a change. And, you know, the wonderful thing is, and there was, oh, there was some rocky stuff because none of them were teenagers at that point. Yeah. There was a lot of rocky stuff after that. But um, we, we kind of have this, this yeah, this concept that, you know, our family is a, is a team. And it's so wonderful to see my, my kids, the way they treat each other as siblings and support each other. They still drive each other nuts sometimes. Yeah. But. But one of the hardest things about, uh, you know, pandemic restrictions is they can't be in each other's houses and stuff. And I'm, you know, it's kind of make makes a parent proud that their family wants to be together. Yes, yes, of course, I get that. Uh, okay, now I want to apply this to business because that's where your strengths are, uh, as well as being a father and a husband. But uh, what about in our jobs? What about in corporate? Uh, strategy what's uh, what how does quest apply in a uh, company where many people may be involved so we're going to talk in future episodes about constraints and drivers and uh, one of the things that strikes me about both drivers and constraints is they have no meaning unless there's some specific outcome you want to accomplish so okay you, you can't say i'm blocked unless you can say I'm blocked from doing this because there's a barrier in the way. Um, and so in organizations that I've, I've worked in, 
or worked with as a consultant, we've, we've tried to figure out what is it that this business is really about and what are we really trying to accomplish? And then that gives perspective to what systems do we need? What activities add value? What activities just get in the way? What do we do just because we've always done it? Um, and there's, there's one example I can share. I hope it makes sense. Uh, I worked as a consultant and I was actually a part-time CFO for an organization that was set up to spend, this is a different time. Okay. We almost can't remember this time to spend a hundred million dollars of surplus government money on useful rural community development projects. I didn't know that you did this. Had I known, I would have really hit you up for a loan. That's right. You would have moved to a small town and you know, there you go. So, so when I joined this organization, they'd spent 50 of the hundred million and um, they had, they just got into a routine of doing things. But one of the questions they asked was, you know, how do we finish this off? How do we finish strong? How do we do this better? And I had just come from my work at Microline and, well, you know, we did manufacturing there. And I looked at this and I thought about it for a while and I said, you know what? Our job here is to manufacture checks. Like we have a manufacture checks. Okay. We, we have a production line and at the end, the product that we put in the box, is a check that goes to a project that where all the work's been done and all the criteria have been met, and this is this is good uh, investment for the tax dollars. Okay. And we want to do that fast because this program has a limited life and it needs to get done. So the last thing you want to tell someone is, quick, spend the money. Uh, they call that March Madness in the province here. Uh, like, yeah. like that's not good. That's not a good product. You can get boxes out the door, so to speak, but there, there's no quality there. So we got to this mindset of, you know, we manufacture these checks. All the stuff has to be there for the check to go out. And we want those to go up fast. We want them to go out on time. We want to get this project done, wound up and, uh, and, you know, and have the results in the community rather than the money in the bank account. Yeah. And that mindset changed how the financial reporting was done. It changed the, the weekly meetings. Um, it changed how uh, the individual uh, workers saw their jobs. And I, I thought it was a, a profound change and maybe something, maybe that's one of the ways that I learned that you can redefine what an organization is about and then it changes everything without a lot of extra work. I like that, Derek. I like that thought that by defining the quest or defining where we are uh, as a as a business, as a family, as a uh, as as an entrepreneur, uh, I like that that finds that by giving yourself meaning in your work, uh, you find the meaning in your days. I like that a lot. We're uh, we're out of time for this podcast, but I hope we'll discuss this again. Uh, and I want to know more about constraints and uh, drivers that you mentioned. Uh, let's do that soon. Uh, but for now, I just want to tell our listeners, I'm Reed McCollum, and I'm, list- I'm talking to Derek Hudson with Essential Dynamics. And uh, until next time, consider your quest. Mm-hmm.